What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Vitamin Leads, or Healthy Dose of Leadership. We are back here for part two of our Dad's Day interview with Steve Dagney. Steve Dagney, what's up? Hey, what is up? Part two. Part two. <laughs> yes. Hot, like like hot shots. Part two. Hopefully, that's, it's a little. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking, actually. <laughs> And that's why we're friends. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we got some good stuff from you, Steve, last time about being a, a great leader as a dad and, um, you know, your your thought about really kind of cultivating with your kids um, the arts in them, but really giving them some of those choices, but also exposing them to a lot of things so they could figure out kind of how they're wired. And then you also shared, uh, you know, using your home as a tool and teaching your kids to be hospitable with the things that they have. And uh, maybe it all revolved around that theme of what you first said is like just teaching your kids that the world's not just about you, but that it's a place that you can go explore and contribute and create and all of those things to make it a better place. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for those, uh, those, those, those first things there. Um, Absolutely. So here's, here's my next question for you. This is going to be a, uh, this is going to be one that I'm sure we could all speak to if you're a dad, but uh, just love to hear your thoughts on this. But um, what's a mistake that you've made as a dad that you hope other people don't make? Um, a mistake that I made is um, there was a, when I was a business owner, um, and I think it started kind of before that. But what I would put it, I would put it this way: it was putting my quote unquote, my air quotes, I'm doing air quotes, my call, putting my call before my family. Um, and really the sort of the misconception in that thought about my call as this thing that I do is that it, um, it neglects the fact that my family is part of my call. And, and so there was this thing in me where I always had to be out doing something and yes, it's good to do something. It's good to contribute, but at what cost? And, yeah. and so that was really where it was, was when I put that before my family. And so the reality is, you know, first, you know, I'm a follower of Christ. That's my number one call. But my second call, my responsibilities and my purpose in life is to be a husband and a father. And then anything that I do after that will be first of all in the right priority and then secondly we'll have the proper place in terms of the amount of time and energy that i put into those things so now you know work takes up a lot of time um you know my wife um has the privilege of being a stay-at-home mom um it's an honor i'm i'm so thankful it's a dream that she had and i'm able to um provide that for her um, so yes, I'm at work, you know, 10 hours a day, Monday through Friday. So that takes up a good chunk of time. But then outside of that, um, what do I do with that time? How do I invest that time? And when I was a business owner, that time was non-existent. Uh, that time at home, that time investing in my wife and in my kids, uh, that was not, that was non-existent. I was working a um, hundred hours a week. I did that for four years and then one day it was like, what is going on? And, um, 
And so I began to, to realize that things were out of order. And so, um, you know, my success and my work in business became this all-consuming thing. And my family, all I got was the leftovers. So my one day off, I was a zombie. And I didn't have anything to give to my family. Uh, my son, who was born after I had opened my business, uh, all he knew of me was I was the guy that ran the coffee shop. Um, you know, he didn't know me really as dad. I didn't have this relationship with him as his father. I was this distant person. And, and mom is the one that took care of him. You know, when we ate dinner is because my wife cooked dinner in a crock pot and took it to me. And we sat around the table and ate together. And then she packed up and took the kids home. Um, every morning when I got up, I was out the door before anyone else was awake. And when I came home at night, everyone was already in bed asleep. And so it was like that day in and day out. And, um, I was sacrificing my family on the altar of worldly success. And, and really one day it just sort of hit me, you know, because people would always talk about how amazing it was that we were surviving as a business. Cause there was just, I could go into the whole story. I won't. Uh, for the sake of time, but just the dynamics of where we were and what our business was. I, I owned and operated a coffee shop um, on a, an island uh, and um, on Pensacola Beach. And, um, but there was just, there was so much around this coffee shop and it was an awesome place. And we made it a place where people love to be kind of that idea of Huga that was happening without me even having words for it yet. Um, so when I started, as I talked about in the last podcast about Huga, um, the reason why that struck me so strongly was because it was something that we were already doing. It just kind of gave us a language or words to describe how we felt about our lives. But um, so we were creating this space. But, um, you know, I was stepping back saying, you know, everyone's telling me that we're being that we're successful. But I don't want to be that guy down the road who says, hey, look, I succeeded with my business, but I lost my family in the process. Um, I said, I don't I didn't want to be that person. And I don't think anyone should be that person to where we sacrifice our family for for success in business or wherever, whatever arena we're in. And so um, I just I had to make a decision at that point what to do about it. So that was kind of the that was the the mistake I made was pursuing or pushing so hard to achieve this goal that I was essentially leaving my family behind. So, so Steve, like, let's say there's somebody listening right now that is just kind of working themselves sick and they're hearing that and they're going, I just don't see a way out. Why don't you, why don't you speak to that person? What, what would you say to give them some encouragement first of all? And then what would you, what would you challenge them as well? Yeah, so um, for encouragement, I would say this. You're more than your business. You're more than your position. Um, you, are, you are a person who offers so much to the world apart from just what you do. It's who you are. You know, uh, one, of my, one of my good friends out here, um, he always says, you know, we're not human doings. We're human beings. And we forget to be human and to interact with people and to share our lives with people. We get so stuck in the doing part. Um, so what I would encourage you with is this, you know, it's not about what you do. It's about who you are. That's what's important. 
And, um, and so a good first step or a way to look at where you're at is to say, you know, uh, what are my passions? What are my dreams? And, um, you know, looking back at the coffee shop, my first response to making a change was very difficult. Um, I, I wrestled with it. I lost sleep over it. I wept. I cried. I, I was, um, you know, I was tormented by this thought of, oh no, I have to, what if I have to close this business? And, um, and I, I really wrestled with the idea of letting it go. I wasn't in my heart. I was like, no, I can't let it go. This has to keep going. It's, it's impacting lives. It's making a difference in this community. We're building relationships with people. There's, there are people who came in to this coffee shop that were hopeless. And I have those stories that I could tell another time of, of Richard or, you know, of other people who came in who were in a difficult situation and they said, I, I didn't know what to do. All I knew is if I, if I came here, I'd be in a place where I would be accepted and I'd be loved and I could talk to someone and they would listen and they would care. And, and so we, we legitimately were using this coffee shop as a way to make a difference in people's lives. But when I stepped back from it, I said, you know what? I'm not their savior. Like if this That's coffee good. shop, if this coffee shop needs to continue, it will, but it's, it doesn't have to be me. You know, as much as I got life out of that, there was a whole part of me that was dying. And so, um, the, the crazy thing about life is it goes on whether you like it or not. And so where do you want to spend that time? Where do you want to invest that time? You know, when you die, and this is something that I would wrestle with, you know, when I die and stand before the Lord and he's going to say, what, you know, how do you raise your kids? And I'll say, I, I don't know. I, I paid that guy to take care of them or I paid that person to watch them for me. Um, that sounds like this crazy, there's no condemnation. That was just, that was literally my thought process. I would thought, yeah. man, I have the responsibility to raise my kids. I can't just pass that off on someone just because I'm pursuing my thing. And so at the end of the day, I answer to God and I answer to my family. I don't answer to anyone else. And so that's where I had to kind of draw the line in the sand and say, I don't answer to anyone else. You know what? People are not going to understand why I closed the coffee shop, but that's okay. I don't owe them an answer. I can give them an answer, but I don't owe them an answer. At the end of the day, I have a responsibility and I want to spend my time better investing in the things that are the closest to me, which is my health, you know, both physically, spiritually, mentally, and in my family. And um, that kind of touches on some of what you shared in your birthday post, your birthday podcast. Um, you know, I really, I really identify TJ with, with what you shared um, in your birthday podcast, because I was feeling those things, you know, I have been walking through that for some years now. And, um, but one of those decisions in that process was choosing to step out of my business uh, for the sake of um, what was most important in my life to me, which was my, you know, my family. So why, why do you think we, we so often kind of play to those invisible or I guess even visible audiences that uh, why, why did that mean so much to us sometimes do you think 
Well, um, it, it could deal with a lot of things in our lives. Um, it could touch on issues of when we were a child. Maybe, uh, maybe we had parents that didn't um, encourage us enough, or uh, maybe we felt unnoticed, or we felt like an outsider. Maybe we felt like we weren't successful, or we struggled being uh, with rejection, uh, which everyone at some point experienced those feelings, you know. Rejection is something that everybody at some point will feel or experience. And there's like a fear in us. Well, I don't want to be rejected or I I want, I want to have purpose. I want to have value. Uh, That's something I think that is, is created inside of us is a desire to be valued and to, and to be important, uh, to be liked, to have, to have people around us that, um, that like us, that accept us, that support us. Um, It's why when kids go to high school, uh, they say that when a student goes into ninth grade, into high school, the number one greatest fear and concern that they have is who's going to sit with me at lunch. Um, mm. they, they, they don't want to be left out. And so we yeah. strive to make a name for ourselves or to, to appear successful or um, to, to be good at what we do because it, we feel that it brings value to who we are. And, but it's, it's sort of a misplaced value. Because our value is in not it's not in what we do, our value is in who we are as a person and what we bring to relationships, not what we bring to the office necessarily. Yeah, that's good. And that's then good. when we yeah. when we have that when we when we have that in place, when we have a healthier sense of who we are and our identity and our value as a person, as a human being, then when we go to do, it's so much richer. Um, yeah. when, when we're trying it to operate, that's it. It's coming out of, a, out of, out of health and out of wholeness. And, and that's the people that make the greatest impact. When you think about like authors that made great impact, um, I think of people like C.S. Lewis, you know, um, he knew who he was. And from that place, he could author these amazing books, both fiction and nonfiction. But, but he was able to write from a place of identity not trying to be an author, but being C.S. Lewis, who, by the way, is really good at writing. Yeah. You know? That's good. Yeah. All right, Steve, I got, I got one last question for you. Okay. What do you hope your kids remember about you from these years of their life? Um, kind of two things, and they kind of go along with, with the previous uh, and again, touching on some of what you sp- spoke about last week. Uh, number one, that I made self-care a priority. Um, going back a few years, I health-wise, while I was running my business, I was not in a good place. And uh, physically, it got to the point where every bite of food that I would swallow would hurt going down. Um, I was in pain every time I swallowed. And literally one day, I'm like, you know what? I think I was, um, I was like 34, 35. And I said, um, you know, I'm, I'm 35 years old. This isn't, oh, this isn't good. This isn't normal. It should, it should not be this way. And uh, so I started to look into changes that I, I should make. Because my next thought was, you know, I don't want to die of esophageal cancer at 42 years old. Like that's not, that's not a good ending. And sort of my conviction on that was this. I said, you know, um, I don't want to be there like dying 
and my wife says, honey, you know, I love you. And I say, I love you too, but I didn't love you enough to change how I ate. Like how shallow does that, does that sound, you know? Um, So literally it was like, if I really want to invest in my family, if I want to invest in my life the way I say I do, then shouldn't I take action and actually maybe practice self-control and control the things I eat? Because what I was doing was I didn't want to control what I ate, how I ate, when I ate. And uh, I was, I was self-medicating. I was, I was stress eating and that lack of self-control um, what I was doing was I was in a sense like aborting the call on my life, the purpose for my life. And I was, I was using food to do that. Like I was killing myself with, with food. And I thought, man, what a, what a crazy idea, you know, like I, how did I even get to this place? And, and so, but that was really, um, that's kind of where it started with me. Whereas I was, I realized through my eating, I was not in a, in a good place. I was not healthy. And so I started changing the way that I would eat and um, I started losing weight. I started feeling better. Um, All the pain went away. I've never had pain since in my esophagus. And, um, and at that point I started um, really focusing on emotional health on spiritual health. I started reading books again. um, And it was around that time. It was within about a year later, I ended up closing the coffee shop. And stepping out and just getting a, I literally just went and got a desk job. I told my wife, I don't want a desk job. I don't want to just go sit at a desk 40 hours a week and just be stuck in a room. I just, I can't do it. Well, that's exactly what I ended up doing. But what it did was it provided time to step out, to kind of reset, invest in my family, get back into reading and start doing the self-care things that I needed to, to, to be healthier. Um, so that was kind of the first thing the, the second thing that I want, um, my kids to remember about me is that I made them a priority. Um, my son, he'll often ask me, um, dad, we're best friends, right? And I always, I always respond this. Yeah. I always respond the same way. I say, well, I'm your dad first. And if I do that right, we'll be best friends. That's what I, that's always my response to him. Cause I want him to know right now I'm dad and being dad. Yes. Part of that is, is having fun and doing man stuff. And he's like, dad, we got to have like, we got to have man time. You know, we, let's go like chop wood. Let's go fix something. And so he always wants to have like that, that guy time, the, the best bud kind of stuff. But I also need to be correcting him and I need to be directing him and discipling him and helping him grow up and be healthy. And, and if I keep the priorities right and I keep them a priority, then when he's older and he's becoming mature and he's walking in his identity of who he is as a son uh, and as a man, then, then we'll be best friends. You know, um, it's not something that I have to like hope for. It's not something that I have to try to create if I do it right on the front end. And the same with my daughter. People always tell me, oh, wait till your daughter's a teenager. Oh, she's going to be causing you all kinds of sleepless nights. And she's going to be running around with the guys. And I, from the time I was, she was little, I would say, no, I will not accept that. 
uh, I want my daughter to be a priority and I want to invest in her in a way where she knows who she is and she doesn't have to chase guys that, that I will set an example for her with my wife uh, and with her as to how she is to be treated and that she is valuable and that she is important. And what my prayer is, is that it, it takes root so that when she is of that age, she doesn't have the need to go chasing guys that when it's the right time and the right season for her. And when, when, when she's becoming awakened to that love, then, then it'll be right and it'll be pure. And I don't have to be chasing her after her down the street because she snuck out of the bedroom window that she'll have enough love and respect for mommy and daddy that she's not going to want to do those things. And so, so again, that takes the investment up front. Um, you know, everything that's of value requires investment up front. You know, if you're going to plant crops, you have to plow the soil. You have to plant the seeds. You have to water it. You have to tend it. You have to pull the weeds. There's so much work up front before you see the fruit. And, and so that's, that has become a priority in our home for my wife and I is that, you know, we want to be investing in the, you know, in the fields of our children's hearts so that when the time comes that the fruit is good and that it's beautiful um, and that it's not full of weeds and all that kind of stuff because we've taken the time to, to weed out the things that are dangerous or the things that will lead them astray. And, uh, you know, that goes back to our, the previous podcast where we talked about um, allowing our kids to kind of explore and to have choices and to, to view the world. You know, you even talked about it again in your birthday podcast about being exposed to other ideas. Um, one of the things as a parent, making my children a priority is I help them learn how to filter things. Um, when they hear something, when they see something, helping them filter it and process it in a way that's healthy and say, well, you know, my, my daughter will hear something on, on the TV or she'll hear some music at an intersection. And she'll say, dad, I, that music didn't make me feel comfortable. Did you hear what they were saying? I said, yeah, I heard it. I said, well, you know, what is it that didn't make you comfortable? Well, that word, I, that's not a good word. Okay. So and then a helping or process. Well, what do you do with that? You know, um, that's all part of that, that fostering and that discipleship. And, um, and I want them to, to, to remember that, that we took the time to help them through that and to walk them through life. And um, so that when it's time for them to take that step and move on in life into their next season of life out of our home, that, that they're healthy and that they're prepared. And they know, man, mom and dad, man, they, they loved me. They invested in me. They, they cared about my dreams and my passions and, and they made it a point to, to invest in those things and to foster those things. So now I know more of who I am and that's really what I want to leave with them. That's good. That's good, Steve. I mean, yeah. this, this, this podcast, these, these two haven't really, dis, they haven't been a disappointment. They've been an awesome um, <laughs> time together and, uh, man, it's just, it's, it's so great to learn with you and from you. And I, I appreciate you being on here and Hey, uh, vitamin league community. If you have questions for Steve, the good news is with him being my best friend, 
if you have questions, we can always bring him back on to answer some of those questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, you have, if you have questions or comments, man, leave it in the, the new voice messages option that we have in our show notes or email us at vitaminleadteam at gmail.com or hit us up on one of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, or uh, look me to just hear from you. But thank you, Steve. Thanks for being a part of this uh, Dad's Day interview with us. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Uh, This is super cool. Um, Yeah, man, I love you. I love this podcast. It's been awesome. I've really enjoyed uh, learning from you um, about leadership and hearing, you know, walking with you through this journey, even though right now we're, you know, what, like 900 miles away or something. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, it's, it's awesome how we've been able to stay connected and, and journey life through technology together. <laughs> so I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. And you, you get the distinction of our, our last episode was episode number 50 of vitamin lead halfway to our goal of a hundred for yeah. um, 2019. So congratulations. <laughs> All right. and, our, and our first interview. <laughs> right on. Do I get like a trophy or something or what? Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't we'll know. a swag bag or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. A bumper sticker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, awesome. uh, th- thanks for being here, Steve. And uh, you've been listening to Vitamin Leads, your healthy dose of leadership. Uh, we hope that this has been real beneficial to you just to grow as a dad or just as a leader in your home, wherever you're at. So, Uh, Thank you for listening, and we hope to, to hear from you soon. Have a great night. Au revoir.